Welcome to another episode of Everything College Basketball Podcast, where you'll find out everything that happened in the college hoops world. Now, here's your host of the show, Josh, Peyton, and Tyler. Welcome to another edition of Everything College Basketball, episode number 23. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. I'm Peyton Burton. Tyler Cook. And we are fresh off the heels of our first uh, Nike EYBL experience. And an experience is probably the best word for it. How would you guys describe that? Yeah, it's we put in for a media pass, but we kind of got shot down because we were late on it. And then after seeing the, the venue and the caliber of players and everybody walking around, I can understand why. But, but, but we're building our way up to be able to get that extra access for you guys. But it was an experience. We've got the network and talk with some guys that we'll get into later that really helped us and gave us some insight on what we need to do. Yeah, it was, like I said, or like you mentioned, we will, we'll get in that kind of the bulk of the story of today's program. But, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, obviously, this. anything we do is sponsored by Applied Rep Painting Services, of course. So we'd be remiss without mentioning them. Uh, they do a tremendous job. And actually, JR was there with us, yeah. <laughs> with us on Saturday. And, uh, so that, that was cool. But we actually have some kind of breaking news to start the program off with today, Peyton. Yeah, this morning on ESPN's Get Up, they announced that, as broke to them, that uh, John Beeline, Michigan's head coach, has agreed to a five-year deal to become the Cavaliers' new coach. Shocking. Yeah, absolutely. So when you posted that this morning, I'm at work and you posted that into our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash everything college basketball. When you posted that, I was like, there's like, it caught me off guard because you hear the name of the Cal Perry's. You hear Bill Self was rumored to maybe make the jump at one point. Uh, you think of Patino. You think of even Tom Izzo's. You think of these guys that kind of have that mold for the NBA, like that personality. And Beeline's a great coach. Like, X is a nose. He's fantastic. Like, I stopped out him a long time ago. Uh, what he was able to do at Michigan and what he was able to do before that at West Virginia. So, X and O wise, there's not an issue. But it did catch me because I never, he never struck me as an NBA type guy. Like, his personality and everything never struck me as making the jump to the NBA. No, he, he did really good things here at Michigan. He was. He was on the trail to to really get this place back to you know Fab Five type type caliber of a team, man. Every last this past year, remember listening to me, I was really high on Michigan all year. I mean, they had a couple falters, but but John, he he's the real deal. And this this was a big shocker. I thought he was really going to take off of this program and, and try to hang some banners, you know, the big one. But you know, he's making the jump to the NBA. I mean, I can't say that I blame him. You know, money talks sometimes, but. The shock factor is definitely there. Yeah, and he—I mean—he did a hell of a job getting Michigan back when he—he he took the job in it was like 2009, around then 2009-2010, somewhere around that area. Uh, it, he had a hole in front of him because Michigan was down on their luck. They were bottom of the Big Ten. They weren't bringing in players hardly anymore. And it took him a few seasons, and when he finally started bringing in the Tim Hardaway Juniors, and he brought in the Trey Burks and the Mitch McGarrys, and then the ball kind of started to roll for him, and they were able to make the national championship game in 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, they were one of the best three teams all year. 
It was them, Louisville, who ended up beating them for the national title, and Indiana was the best three teams all year that year. Yep. Uh, they've been consistent. They come back the next year, have another great team. Kentucky knocks them out in the lead eight. They come back. They've won a couple Big Ten titles, uh, whether outright or share. They've made they just a couple years ago made another national championship game appearance and couldn't get by Villanova. So he got them back to, you know, really I would go as far to say under John Beeline during his run at Michigan. Michigan was an elite program. Every bit of it. I mean, they were consistently in that top 10, 15 range every single year and always at the end of the year had a chance. Yeah, you think of Michigan, you really think of football. But he was really putting them back on the map, kind of like what Alabama basketball has been doing. You know, you think of these big primetime football schools that are that are really making a drive to get back on the hardwood. And and John John really made the curve here from in a, in a pretty short time. You think ten years for a, for a coach? You know, you got these guys at IU hooting and hollering about Archie in two years. You got to give these guys time, and the, the time was given to John, and and he's he's reaped what he sowed. He's got a good product going. Yeah, so now the question goes from here, Peyton, is Michigan, obviously, I'm sure this probably caught him by surprise somewhat. I'm, Beeline's probably the type of guy to let him know, like, hey, I'm in talk. So probably not a total surprise like it was to, like, the rest of us. But now they are left kind of, you know, in an empty spot. And this is a crucial time, as we'll get into later on. This is, like, the main recruiting time. This is where you need to be in the gyms, in the homes with the, the players and potential prospects, looking at the guys coming up as a freshman, sophomore, making those connections. And now Michigan's kind of left in limbo without a head coach. So where do – if you're Michigan and their athletic department, where would you turn to first? And I think I know your answer. Will quit. <clears throat> On Twitter, Jake Winningardner, who's um, the head recruiting insider for uh, Stock Risers, he was actually the founder of that. He posted this on Twitter that says the players from Michigan actually find out the news when everyone else did. Mm, so nobody like told them. So that's not really good news. But you mentioned the next coach from Michigan. And shout out to Brandon Stevenson because he brought this to my eye. And he said that they should look for Jawan Howard. Absolutely. Bring back five, or Fab Five legend. Obviously Michigan legend. And it's not like it's out of the realm because as of going into Saturday, he was rumored candidate for the Lakers job. And um, so why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Uh, I think it'd be good to bring back one of your own and let him see what happens. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt is doing the doing the deal with <clears throat> Jerry Stackhouse. Um, yep. So, you know, and it goes to show, maybe this is the route, too. Maybe ex-NBA players have the, the route because you look what Penny's doing. Yeah. He had, like, no – I mean, he coached some AAU in high school, and you see what he's doing at Memphis right now recruiting. And so, Jawan Howard maybe could be the deal. Tyler, I would say Jawan Howard would be my first choice. I'd say my second choice, controversial or not, I think you still got to give Patino a call. you got to give him a look. Either way, whatever you do, you got to pull the trigger really quick because, like you mentioned, this is prime time recruiting. What we saw yesterday or Saturday, I'm sorry, we saw recruits, 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 and we saw all kinds of people out there taking notes, trying to pull these guys in, get an offer, get an eye on these guys. If you do not have somebody at the head of Michigan, no one will want to go there because it's up in the air. You got to pull the trigger, and like we said, Juwan Howard and Rick Patino. I mean, why not? Why, Why not? not? Why not? Just just throw the fish in the barrel and see what happens. Yeah. He, he, he's proven himself time and time again. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's a huge name right away. Uh, I know the scandal and all that. But, I mean, if you can make sure that you get some clearance that, hey, we're not going to be in trouble if we bring him in, maybe there's a show clause or whatever, then I'd still I'd bring Patino in in a heartbeat because if Peyton brought up the point, too, that uh, 2001 he had the opportunity when he made his return back to the college game from the Boston Celtics failure he had, um, he, he could have went to – Michigan. Yep. It came down between, was it Michigan and Louisville? Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere said along the way, maybe Indiana was in the running, but I know it came down, if you go back and look, it came down between Michigan and Louisville, and he chose chose Louisville's time. Well, I mean, it's funny how fate could work out. He could <laughs> finally get a chance to do Michigan as well. Uh, it'd be an instant program changer. You know he's going to recruit. You know he's going to coach. And I'll give you a third name. His stock's dropped the last few years, but I still think he's ready for a big-time job. I think if you're Michigan, somebody that would fit in nicely within the Big Ten gritty culture, uh, Greg Marshall from Wichita State. Ooh. I think that would be a great – That's interesting. Because there's not a lot of big names left. I mean, it's so late in the, the, the coaching search season that, you know, there's not a lot of big names left. No. I mean, we got some we got some candidates out there for you. We know you guys out in Michigan Lane are listening to us, so go ahead and pull the trigger and pull one of these guys in. Yeah, well, like you said, whoever it is, you need to move quick because you're losing valuable time on the recruiting trail. This so. needs to be a, a by Friday deal. This has got to be end of the week, inked it on paper, time to get going. Excuse me, absolutely. <clears throat> Another piece of news from this past week. NCA proposes a couple new rule changes, one of them including moving the three-point line back to the FIBA line. Yep. Uh, I don't know about you two. I think I know the answer. I'm in favor of it. Guys, now, if you especially from even middle school, middle school on up, three-point shots been so prevalent, and now the people's range, even at a younger age, is so deep now. It's not going to hurt to move the college line. It's about time, really, to move the college line back a few feet. You know, it might help some percentages. Might, if anything, what it'll do is spread the floor out because it widens the lane. That's another thing that they mm-hmm. propose. Move the three-point line back to the FIBA line, widen the lane. It opens up more dribble drive opportunities, more offensive flow. Uh, maybe, hopefully, not so many ticky-tack calls. You're allowed to get to the rim a little bit more. So, you know who that favors, though? You open up the three-point line, it favors a team like Villanova. Yeah. It really does, because a team like Villanova at all times pretty much can put five shooters on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it favors a team like Duke, who picks and pops, attacks the lane. You know, Any team that can do that effective, it's going to really benefit them. And I think, honest to God, I think it would hurt a team like Virginia just a little yeah. bit. Because now, you think about a pack line. With the, the three-point line as is, now if you extend it just a little bit further, that's a little bit further out that they have to extend their their line out to guard you and allows more dribble and drive opportunities. I I think Virginia is good enough under Tony Bennett that it wouldn't really kill them, but I think it definitely would affect them early for about the first season. Yeah, it'd be a change on them. But for a team like Duke who picks up a half court defensively, it, it won't affect them at all. And I think if they make this rule change, it'll trickle down to the high school. I think a year or two after, they'll extend the high school back a foot. So, you know, try to try to bridge the gap a little bit easier. Yeah, I'd like to see there be one one universal thing. Like, basketball is, like, one of the only sports in which you go from – like, you go from 
like in high school, you play quarters, right? And the line's one thing. Then you go to college, and it's halves. And then in the lines, the, the, you know, the line dimensions are different. Then you go to the NBA or pro, whatever, and then the lines are different. Like basketball is like one of the only things. Like you play, you play baseball. You as soon as you get to high school, I mean some middle schools, I guess, but you you get to high school, you know, ninety feet to the base. Yep. Nine. You get to college, ninety feet to the bases. Mm-hmm. You get to the MLB, ninety feet to the bases. Just the the fences are pushed back further. But the dimensions all stay the same. So basketball, I'd like to see somewhat be more uniform in that in that aspect. Um, another thing, Peyton. Another piece of news that's real interesting came out this past week. That UConn, Louisville, Indiana, and Texas Tech will be the four teams at the two, no, ugh, 2019 Jimmy B Classic at MSG in December. You don't care about you've got three legendary programs and a program on the rise that just came off of a national title trip. Uh, UConn obviously needs to get back to UConn standards, but they're they're in their backyard. They take over the garden whenever they play. Indiana and Louisville, you know, Louisville's going to be really good next year. Indiana's kind of in that flux we've talked about. And Texas Tech, I don't think they'll miss too much of. I think they'll dip a little bit, but they're not going to miss too much of a beat. No. Uh, as long as they got Chris Beard as coach, I'm a big fan of his. Texas Tech's gonna be a okay. Indiana wins this thing. Ooh, I, you know what? Indiana wins this thing. I've got my fingers crossed, and no offense to UConn or Texas because we don't even know the drawings yet. So it might get Louisville and Indiana in the first matchup. On. Sorry, Louisville. Before you even go, I seen that this is not gonna be like a tournament style. So it's not winner versus winner or anything like that. Oh, so they won't play. So it's just two separate like a games. Two like separate games. It's like the yeah, like Champions Class. Oh, so Crossroads, the Champions Class. Well, in that case, dude, my fingers are crossed Louisville and me in a matchup in Madison Square Garden. Be sweet. That would be very, very nice. Um, Revenge. So, but anyways, you know, that's what we, as college basketball fans, that's what we love to see. You want to see four or however many teams you get together, big-time programs playing. You want to see it. Hell, take UConn out there and put Memphis in there. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, well, Why not? well, UConn though, still a legendary program, and like I said, they, it, dude, they take over Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they, that, they, that was a, tra- a strategic push there. That wasn't for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they take over Madison Square Garden. If you hear a little little pause going, it's a it's a dog making a run in here. Yeah, we got a pit bull coming. Uh, <laughs> so Peyton, before we kind of <laughs> you know really get into the depth of our. Uh, Nike YBL talk. I know you have some actual like recruiting stuff. Uh, yep. Some you know interesting stuff. So go ahead and reel that off. Starting off, four star junior Jalen Cohn, who we classified in the 2019, has committed to Virginia Tech. Honestly, kind of surprising now that Buzz Williams is not Virginia Tech's coach. But whatever. I mean, it's good for Virginia Tech. It's good for the Hokies. They got a four star, a good player. You guys got anything input on that? No. Not really? Not really, no. Yeah, me either. Four-star Severe Wheeler Wheeler has committed to Georgia. Georgia now has the seventh-ranked recruiting class. He joins four-star Tumani Kamala, four-star Jaquan Watson, four-star Christian Brown, five-star Anthony Edwards. I told you guys when we did our way-too-early top 25, Georgia didn't make the cut yet. But I said Georgia is going to be much improved, and they will be a handful, and I will stand by that. 
Yep. Georgia's going to be a handful this year in the SEC. Yep. Maryland has extended an offer to four-star junior Donovan Johnson. Rhode Island has extended an offer to four-star Neil Lane. Michigan, which oof, has extended an offer to five-star Namari Burnett. I wonder how that's going to affect his recruitment now that Beeline's not the head coach anymore. Probably going to sit on it until they get somebody penciled in here and see what happens. Right now, yeah. Probably, yeah. That's exactly <clears throat> what I would do if I was in that situation. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't Don't make any that. rash decisions. See what, you know. Four-star junior guard Ethan Morton has committed to Purdue. We have an Ethan Morton story later on. Yep. Kansas has landed four-star Tristina or Tristan Inaluna. Mm-hmm. Kansas was in... You don't normally say that on the recruiting show. Kansas was in dire need of getting somebody because really you talk about recruiting and who's the recruiting thunder been on this whole recruiting cycle? Penny Hardaway in Memphis, John Calabari, Kentucky, and Coach Kostrowski, Coach K, and Duke. And then if you want to give a fourth, we're Roy Williams in North Carolina. Yeah. Kansas, there's not many years Kansas kind of left out of that mix where. They, they needed somebody like that, especially production-wise, so that was a good get for them. The storm's coming, boys. It's coming. <laughs> Kentucky has extended an offer to five-star sophomore Terrence Clark. Georgia Tech and Wake Forest have now offered five-star sophomore Nate Bitzel. Iowa has extended an offer to four-star junior DJ Stewart. Seton Hall has extended an offer to five-star freshman Derek Whitehead. Texas Tech will host four-star senior Tyreek Smith for official visit last weekend. Also, this past, he's already came. He's, he's already came. He's in. already done it. He's, he's already, already came. Done. Duke. Speaking of Coach K and Mike Krzyzewski, Duke has landed five-star junior Jeremy Jeremy Roach. Yeah, yeah, pretty big. Roach. Pretty big for twenty twenty. He was a guard. He's guard. He's a guard. Yeah. He was a top point guard. I think he's one of the top he's guards. One of top guards, in top guards in the class. So they've already started to load up on that. Yeah, they're already getting ahead of that. Ohio State has offered four-star junior Dane Deja. Tennessee is extending an offer to five-star junior Caleb Love. Tennessee, back off. Louisville's recruiting him. Can so f off, please and thank you. <laughs> Whoa! Oh God. Kansas State has extended an offer to four-star junior Nick Blake. Nebraska has extended an offer to four-star senior Samuel Curtis. Louisville has extended an offer to four-star junior or four-star Donovan Johnson. There's another can, offer. Can him. we go back to the Samuel or Samir Curtis? Yeah. Nebraska offered he's a four-star kid. Do you remember who they signed as their coach? Oh Lord. Ah uh, uh, damn, I forgot his name. The mayor. Yeah. yeah. Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. Do you remember what we Two-face. said? Do you remember what we said though? Give Nebraska three years, and they're not going to be like I don't. Well, maybe, but I don't think they'll be Final Four good. But they'll, he's going to do for them what he did for Iowa State. They're going to be a thorn in the side of everybody in the Big Ten. They'll be a consistent tournament team, a team that can make a, a deep run here and there in the mm-hmm. tournament. It's kind of weird, Nebraska, because we mentioned they're a football school with the mayor at the helm. You already see he's extending out to four star kids. Nebraska's about to get more talent than they've ever had on the on the hardwood, probably. Every bit of it. Yeah, he's starting to get. Get some talent out there. Memphis is extending an offer to four-star junior Zach Harvey. Now, two commitments that happened this weekend that are pretty big. I called both of them. Four-star Lester Canones has committed to Memphis. 
He chose the Tigers over Indiana, Michigan, Maryland, and LSU. Memphis has now had the fifth ranking recruiting class for 20 years. I was wrong. I'll admit, no surprise here for me. I was wrong. I thought the kid was Indiana bound for the last two months at least, um, especially after his visit. He tweeted out about he could picture himself in Assembly Hall, loved Indiana fans, da da da. Indiana really needed him, was going balls to the wall for him. Needed. He's a good <laughs> shooter. We've talked about him endlessly the last couple months. But at the end, uh, he went with Penny and the Tiger. Dude, Memphis is loaded next year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're done. Oh, hell no. I don't like think they're that. done. We'll get to that in a minute. you got to prove it to me <clears throat> first, Penny. you just got to prove it to me. Five-star Johnny Jerzong has committed to Kentucky. He picked the Cats over Kansas, Virginia, Oregon, and Stanford, and other other schools as well. Yeah. UK now has the number one ranked cleaning cast He's for 2019. lost it. Cal's lost the He's touch. desperate. He's desperate. <clears throat> oh, God. Oh, man. Those people are saying that, dude. Whatever. But, you know, Johnny's using a kid that's listed a small forward, can play backcourt, play on the wing. Just uber deep right now. Uh, playing time. If there's anybody in the nation who can figure it out, it would be Cal Perry. But, you talk about having having a, a solid first line, a solid second line, potential solid third line. If this was hockey, man, you, all three of our attacking lines would screw you up. So, I'm just going to go off the record here and say I predicted him to go to Kentucky. I do not think this is the right move, honestly. Not because I don't like Kentucky or anything like that. I thought he should have went to either Kansas or Virginia just because Kentucky already has Keon Butch Jr., and he's not Johnny Jazang, he's not guaranteed a starting spot. If he went to Kansas, he probably wouldn't be guaranteed a starting spot playing that small forward position. Maybe slide Oche Abaji to the power forward position or something like that. Something could work. I don't know. I do not think that's the right move though. But that's, that's just my that's opinion. the thing about it though, is that these kids are up for the challenge and that's why because Cal Perry won't recruit somebody. That's not going to compete in battle. He tells you front, up straight up front. Every recruit he's ever signed, especially at Kentucky, he's told you. He don't make promises. He gives you opportunities to work for it. And if he feels like you're not going to compete for a spot, then he doesn't want you anyways. He's backed off many <laughs> kids in the past because he realized, like, oh, they just want this or want 13 shots a game. And it's not going to happen. But what Johnny is going to get, he's going to get an opportunity to play in front of a national TV audience every game. He's going to get to play in front of packed houses every game. Every game, whether it be home or away, is going to be the biggest game of the year for that team that they're playing. And like He's going to get all these opportunities, and he's going to get all these eyeballs on him. That I mean, no offense. If he, Kansas would be one of those places. If he went to Oregon or Stanford, dude, playing especially on the not. West Coast, you'd get seen every so often, and you'd have to put up big numbers to really get any eyeballs on you. You play at Kentucky, you can be the 10th man. You could average five points a game – and if your talent's there and you play on a winning team that's always in the national spotlight, dude, he's going to get drafted. Or at yeah. least have every opportunity to be drafted. It's the right move. Mm, we'll have different opinions on that. But before, to end off the recruiting news, there's some top unranked um, commitments on people who are not committed yet, some top ranked prospects that have some crystal ball predictions from 24-7. I don't see... If you guys agree on it or whatever, you got RJ Hampton, number five overall. Crystal ball predictions say Kansas 62%, Memphis 19%, Duke 6%, Texas Tech 6%, and 6% for undecided. 
Man, I don't I don't agree with the percentage. I think I'll give the edge to Memphis, fifty-one to forty-nine. I just don't know. And his former coach from Drive Nation, his AAU coach for EYBL, kind of gave me a little scoop. He told me, he, well, he told us that it's down between Memphis and Kansas, as I predicted and as I thought. Yeah, he wouldn't say which one, but he, I mean, he talked to us. I wish I knew his name. He started talking to us. Real nice guy. Um, like, gave him a business card and everything. So, if you listen, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, appreciate you being <laughs> yeah. so nice. And uh, hopefully you check this out. But, yeah, he um, he, he basically he did say it's either Kansas or Memphis. And I'll give you a theory. I seen it last night on Twitter. A Kansas, like one of their big time things, and I even retweeted it. I they basically that. said that losing out on, uh, oh man, who was it? I'd have to let me go find the tweet. But basically, it said along the lines of because this and this are not coming back, or or they lost them, is a good indication that they're picking up R.J. Hampton and. Um, Precious Achua. Like it, so you, maybe it's just spin cycle, like, but. Remember, I told you the storm's coming? Yeah. RJ Hampton's <laughs> the fucking storm. <laughs> Trenton Wofford, number 19 ranked overall. Crystal Ball prediction says LSU 94%, Memphis 6%. If you go back to a couple months ago, I, first of all, I actually agree with this. I think he's going to commit to LSU. But if you go back a couple months ago, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I put it in the group, that I said LSU and uh, Alabama had no chance of getting him at all. Just because this was coming off of, um, um, what's it The name? Will Wade stuff and all that. The Will Wade stuff and Alabama didn't have a coach. But it's changed now. I'm going with LSU. And I agree with the crystal ball on this one. Uh, Boogie Ellis, who recently just um, asked for his LOI, his release from LOI from Duke. That was granted. His crystal ball says Memphis 61%, Duke 22%, and 17% undecided. I think he's going, he's going to Memphis. He's, I think he's, he's going, going to Memphis. If he left, if he, why is Duke still on there? I, I guess know. maybe a chance he changes his mind and oh, decides to go back. Here. But uh, he, he's going to he's going like to a middle school couple doing that shit. Yeah, he's going to Memphis. But that's all that for all like kind of the news and like the actual recruiting stuff. Um, Transfer portal, former uh, Memphis Tiger, former Kansas Jayhawk, K.J. Lawson, has made a decision to go to Tulane to finish up his career. There you go. There you go. Yeah, okay. I didn't see that, but that's a good (laughs) one. Um, You know, he'll he'll definitely Tulane, you know. One of my 15 red lights that popped up on my phone so I could read it. (laughs) Yeah, Tulane, that's a good spot. He'll get some playing time, and maybe it'll make something of him in his college career. Yeah. So... Let's go in there one, two, and Jamal Baker's on a, taking an official visit, you know, transferred from Kentucky. He'll be in Arizona this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, lots of lots of news recruiting typical. Uh, before we go into a pause for the cause, kind of a break here. Peyton, you want to show some love to Conrad Cushman? <clears throat> yep. Our friend Conrad Cushman is the host of the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And you can find that show on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all other podcast hosting sites. He also has a YouTube channel, so go to YouTube.com and the search bar, type in Everything Pro Wrestling, and hit that subscribe button. For sure. 
Conrad just done a couple Q&A podcasts, uh, some fun stuff on there. He's been doing great work since he got to the Brain Buster Radio. Yep. Make sure you're supporting him. Uh, he's been with us since day one and beyond that even. Uh, and he contributes is a big thing. He contributes to our board just as much as he does his own. So uh, we thank you for that. Anyways, we're going to take a quick pause for a cause. On the other side, we have got all about our experience at the Nike EYBL Saturday. You will not want to miss this. We'll catch you here in a second. Hey guys, Peyton here from ECB. I'm here to tell you about my wrestling podcast that's called The J3X Show. That's only on YouTube. You'll see predictions, pay-per-view views, and live streams on there. So go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Also, go follow the show on Twitter at J3X Show. Ooh, yeah, brother. And we're back. Um, as promised, we made our first trek up to the Nike EYBL um, as an official kind of ECB group. First time doing anything like this. Uh, we've been to individually some AAUs in, over the years, but nothing like this. This, man, to even describe this, you'd almost have to think of something like, I don't want to call it a circus because if you say circus, people think it's like chaos, but it was kind of chaotic. But it was a controlled chaos. It was like a concert. It was like anything you can think of that had a ton of people with park. Like, it was nuts. For a basketball event, it rivals almost damn near anything I can remember going to. It was absolute nuts. The security that was surrounding this game. The names that were walking through the hallways you rubbed shoulders with. I walked out of the bathroom, and Jamal Mashburn was just hanging out right there, just sitting there watching the game. Jamal Mashburn, just right out the gate. Now, one of the many names that we've seen, you know, LeBron James walking around the place. I mean, we got to rub shoulders with the guy. Yeah, he's right there in front of us. You know, Brad, uh, Bradley Beal was right behind us when we were watching the very first game uh, between Team Takeover and Boo Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, there were just names on it. Jermaine O'Neal walking around. J.O. <laughs> Who the hell else? I mean, Dwayne Wade's son. Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard. Yeah. Fab Five dude about to take over Michigan's head coaching job. All these people that we got to just, that you wouldn't really get an opportunity to see in real life were there. And when you put a collective group like this together, that means something special is going on. The, and I kept repeating it because, I mean, it just stunned me. The biggest collection of talent in one spot I've ever been a part of. From, from NBA players, ex-NBA players, legends, and of course all the, the current young kids, you know, in the actual AAU teams. The most talented building I've ever been a part of. We're all guilty of this. When we walk into a high school game or something, you know, watching our old school and we see these kids playing, like, we'd look at these kids like, we'd spank their ass if we played them. <laughs> I walked into this gym and I was probably in the bottom 5% of height. These kids were huge. I mean, 6'4 and up is just just everything is average. You know, all the way to seven foot two. I mean, these kids were just the cream of the crop as far as the country and talent. Five stars galore. Four stars galore. I mean, just ESPN was there. Bleacher Report. Who? I mean, anybody and anybody that you wanted to see as far as media outlets was there. Anybody as far as talent was there. It was just, it was an extremely crazy event. 
all across the country too. You had teams from New York, Texas, Indiana, California, uh, you name it. Every coast of the country was there. And it all, like Tyler said, five stars, four stars galore. And it all started. And this was at the Pacers um, Athletic Complex, which outside had, I kid you not, all around the building had 30, 40 different soccer fields. Oh, most Just, definitely. And they were all playing games, if that describes anything. They do all sorts of stuff at this place. We had to park. There's two, two or three separate parking lots. We got there kind of early and still had a parking like one of the far parking <laughs> yeah. lots. That's how many people were there. Yeah, I parked in Kansas. They parked in New Mexico. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, but we get there. Tyler got there a little earlier before us, and we found the get at 9.30 tip game. first game we wanted to go to was Boo Williams, which is a, a historically good AAU program. And they were playing Team Taker from D.C., which is another historically good program. And this was in, I got, was, was it the 16U or 17U? 17. 17U yeah. division. Keep in mind, there were 17, 16, and 15U. And this game featured from Boo Williams' side. Boo Williams. Uh, let me find my notes here. Uh, I got it. You got, for Boo Williams, you got five star 2020 guy Cameron Thomas. Five-star 2021 guard, Zion Harmon, and five-star 2021 forward, JT Thor. And on Team Takeover, you got five-star 2020 center, Hunter Dickinson, four-star 2021 guard, Trevor Keels, and four-star 2020 guard, the III. So let's start there. That was our first game. Tyler is already there, and we find him, go sit down. We're baseline underneath right next to Boo Williams' squad, or, you know, their side. And just the able to sit down and be that close to this kind of town. Let's go ahead and start with the t- Boo Williams tip. I was excited to see Zion Harmon. Zion Harmon, ever since he was younger, was rated as the number one player in his class, 2021. Yep. Um, he has since dropped because, you know, certain things. He's dropped, but he's still number 19 if you look on 24-7 sports. The kid's outstanding. He's a small guard. When I say small guard, he's like, what, 6'1"? Uh, he's 5'10". 5'10". Okay, well, I was being generous. Okay, 5'10", 160 pounds. But he's got some muscle to him. Good ball handler. uh, Sees the floor well. Tries to set his team up. But he's got to work on his jump shot. He he was he went 0 for 8, 0 for 9. He was 0 for 8 on one point from the three-point line. Yeah, and this is a kid that's got looks from the Kentuckys, Tennessees, uh, Alabama. You know, different spots. And, um... Kid from the Kentucky, Tennessee area. So that's a five star kid we've seen. Uh, another kid from Boo Williams, Tyler, instantly he was raving about that we had never seen. Tyler was raving on Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is, I told him, is like a poor man Jamal Crawford at the time. His three stats are shoot, shoot, and shoot. That's your three points of emphasis on this kid. He went on a, a tear. Well, the game was going back and forth. Boo Williams was always leading the pack. And then Team Takeover was making a come, just pushing back, pushing back. But at one point before Josh and Peyton showed up, Cam Thomas just came out and started busting. Hit two threes in a row, comes down, hits a mid-range, comes down, drives and gets an and one, goes on a 12-0 scoring run by himself, 13-0 run by himself to end the half. And then then they come back in the halftime and Josh and Peyton show up, and I'm like, this is a cat that is balling out today. 
everything about this kid I loved at the beginning of that game. Yeah, and Cam Thomas, obviously, just like most of these kids we're talking about, it, I mean, he's drawing high interest. Uh, you know, was it a five-star or four-star kid? Four. He's a five-star. Five-star. Wow. And, and I wrote down in, in my notes to kind of go along with Tyler um, as I was watching, pure score, uh, jumper and attacking the Rimbos. Um, the one negative, he dances with the ball too much to try to set up a shot. Uh, and again, this is keep in mind, this is small samples. Uh, we see a game or two of them. This is very small. But I thought he danced with the ball a little too much to create. But, man, he finishes through contact as well as any guard as I've seen at the high school level in a while. Uh, he went to the, he went through team takeover defenders two or three at a time sometimes, got hit in the face, and would still finish the layup. Uh, athletic kid, got some good size, and like Tyler said, he, he's an absolute scorer. So <clears throat> whoever he decides to sign with here in the future, whatever college program is going to be – getting an instant uh, bucket getter mm-hmm. from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Raw talent. He'll be able to contribute. My favorite player from Team Boo Williams, and I didn't know anything about him until he got there and I was watching him, uh, J.T. Thor, 6'8", power forward from Huntington, West Virginia, class of 2021. This kid, he needs to put some muscle on. But my Lord, defends offensively attacks the rim can go off the bounce with either hand he's long linky athletic he's a lefty his beautiful jump shot even though some of them he didn't make beautiful stroke on him athletic going to the rim like i said he plays defense uh jt thor and peyton i know you had pulled up he's got like arizona state looking at him uh who let's see this list let me scroll down here real quick uh, well arizona state and all that but you know, you kind of get the idea. JT Thor is a kid that I'm imploring you guys to kind of keep your eye out for if you get a chance to highlights or in the recruiting trail because I, I think he could be a – I don't think he's going to be a one-and-done type, but I think year three out of college, if he goes like an Arizona State place for uh, Bobby Hurley, uh, he, he's a kid that could be a big-time factor coming his junior year. Oh, yeah. He needs a mature body-wise. Yeah, it's, it's hard for these kids to be – 16, 17 years old and be almost seven foot tall and have any kind of mass on them. So that's kind of go to expect. And we, and we noticed this across almost all forums of this tournament that these kids that were just super big were super scrawny. They just haven't had the time to, to build their body up. But like Josh was mentioning, giving the kid the time and the space to grow and become a bigger player physically, he is going to be a handful. And one thing I think we need to <clears> – <throat> We all mentioned this and very impressed and actually caught off guard. And we need to give all these kids credit because you always hear the knock on AAU. Well, these kids don't try hard and these kids are selfish and they only care about themselves and the stats and the flashiness. These are the best of the best in the high school level. In every single game we've seen, every player, especially the bigger the player as far as ranking and height goes, the harder they play. They listened to their coach. I mean, their coaches, some of them were kind of jackasses. Yeah, their antics, stuff like that. But the kids themselves, because you go in with kind of a bad notation. They're a bad, you know, they get a bad rap about AAU and all this. But these big-time kids, big-time level, they get after it, man. And they play hard. They Not just offensively. They'll get after it defensively. They try to win the games. Dude. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to give those kids some love because anybody who talks talks crap about them, dude, they just need to go watch a session like this. You may be, Maybe you're watching the wrong kids because the, the four or five-star kids, they actually play. Yeah, maybe they, it was the venue as well because this is where you come to show. 
You come to show your talents. You got all eyes on you. Like we mentioned, ESPN, everybody there. So that's that's a big factor is why these kids were going back and forth on the offensive and defensive end. Go ahead, Peyton. I'll cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to say basically the same thing. But, yeah, they went after each other offensive to side, offensive side and defensive side. And maybe those shows because like people like LeBron James was there, Jermaine O'Neal had some scouts there. Maybe that's the reason why. But, nonetheless, congrats to those kids. They played awesome. Yeah, for sure. And you got JT Thor finally yeah, pulled up. Yeah, finally. I had to restart my computer. Uh, Arizona State, California, Connecticut, Florida, kind of some of those teams that's in on him right Do now. Do not go to Cal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, so that was kind of the Boo Williams team in, in the jest of it. Um, team takeover, Hunter Dickinson, a five-star kid. This kid was a big white kid, lefty. He had big size, like he, you could definitely tell. Especially if he got into when he gets into college, starts working out after a couple of years, he's going to be loaded senior oh, year. Oh yeah, finishes pretty decent around the rim. Uh, can go through contact a little bit. Uh, I, the one knock that I have wanting is I want to see him pull his jump shot. More. Same here. He, he has he has the ability to face up. He had opportunities. JT Thor was one of guarding him a few times. He had the ability because he was getting played off of so bad to pull that little 15, 18 foot jump shot to see what he has. If he when he gets into college, I think it's something he's going to improve on. But down low around the rim, dude, he's like an Ethan Half was this past year for Wisconsin to kind of give a comparison. Good footwork in the post. Lefty can go over either hand and finishes well around the rim through contact. I think he's a solid player. It was refreshing to see a player like this because everybody says the big play's dead, and it is definitely not. This kid, he can seal. If you front him, he can. He, can, he knows what a position to get himself in position to score a quick bucket. Left or right-handed, like Josh mentioned, whichever way he was going. He did step out and hit one three in the first half. Nice looking shot, contested shot, just in rhythm. Maybe because this was a snippet. Maybe this is something he was focusing on was powering down low against bigger kids, because the kids from uh, Boo Williams were no slouches down low either. So maybe this was a focal point for him, for the scouts to, hey, I'm going to pound it down here and show you I can do it. You know, maybe, maybe not. <clears throat> but who knows? But his jump shot, he did hit one. But I'm with Josh too. He had more opportunities to take more shots that he passed on. Yeah, and you mentioned that he hit a couple of shots. He hit a three or whatever. He's more than capable of hitting those shots. He just needs to do it. Cause I've seen him on YouTube. I've seen highlights of him hitting those threes, hitting those mid-range shots. He just needs to shoot them more, and then he does. So, I, I, I'd be remiss. One, I mentioned that JT Thor is one of my <laughs> favorite players. Actually, my favorite player in the whole that whole Boo Williams team takeover game we didn't get his name because we we got his number. He could not find his name, and we will eventually find it. Give him the proper love. But the number one, the kid from Team Takeover, small guard. He's every bit of maybe five eight, five nine. Smallest guy in the gym. Solid guard, but he played his ass off. You talk about. I wrote down small, quick guard, feisty on defense, good motor. Offensively, he wasn't the kind of the go-to guy. He just set people up, but but defensively, he would go after Zion Harmon like nobody's business. And if he had to switch out on a bigger dude, he would take him as well. If we could find the kid's name from, because some of these way it was laid out, we didn't really know some of their names. Um, but man, the number one from Team Taker, if you ever get a chance to watch highlights, go watch this kid. I couldn't tell if he's three star, four star, <laughs> five star. I'm sure he's decently ranked to play for a program like that. Go watch this kid. He is a defensive nightmare. 
he was all in the cookie jar. And the names that we do get got was a credit to Peyton. So shout out to you, young man, yeah. for getting this paperwork and everything lined out for us. But yeah, this, no this kid right here, if there was an opportunity to make a name for yourself, it was against this number one recruit that he was defending in uh, Zion, Zaire, whatever. Zion Harmon. Zion, Zion Harmon. Zaire, Zion. Something close. You know, my names ain't the greatest. We all know this. <laughs> but uh, he, he went out there and he was in the cookie jar. He was the main contributor of why he went 0 for 8 on the offensive end. Yeah, diving on loose balls, like putting his body on the line, unbelievable talent. Yeah, he's he's fearless on defense. He'll guard anybody. Kyle reminds me of a Patrick Beverly who's in the league right now, yeah. who's fearless, who doesn't care, he'll guard anybody. You've seen what he did against Kevin Durant in the L.A. Fishers um, Golden State series. So it reminds me a lot of Beverly, and I like the dude. So that was the first game of the day. Then we kind of just bounced around, made our way. <clears throat> um, we found ourselves over there. Watching Team Renaissance, which is a team from New York. This is led by Purdue commit Peyton mentioned earlier, Ethan Morton. Um, and they had the number three junior in the nation, uh, I can't, Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga. Jo- oh, my Jesus. Jonathan Kaminga, if you have not seen this kid, he is crystal ball's got 100% to St. John's right now. Yep. I wish no surprise, a New York City kid. So if he was to go to St. John's, Mike Anderson's getting a hell of a player because this kid, physical-wise, looks like he would be a 30-year-old grown man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is built like a, <laughs> like a statue. Um, and then not only that, he's a big kid, athletic. To put it in perspective, Renaissance was down six points with a minute to go, a little less than a minute to go, and I don't remember who they were playing. Vegas Elite. Vegas Elite. They were down six points with under a minute to go to Vegas Elite. Johnson Kaminga said, get the hell out of my way. He attacked the rim, threw two, sometimes three people, and I'm not exaggerating. These guys can vouch. No, they, they were finishing, off of him. Finishing. He has a good-looking jump shot, rebounds, defends a little bit, could get better at that. But if he wants to turn the corner and goes to the rim, there's not too many kids, especially high school level, that's going to stop him right now. Um, he is college-ready physical-wise right now. Oh, absolutely. This, Josh mentioned his favorite player. This was mine. This guy could stroke mid-range. You know, he was dunking, finishing and once, and one to tie the game yep. at the yeah. end of the game. I mean, the, the, the kid does not care where he scores from. He's going to do it. And, man, it, the physical presence of him, just everything about this kid is something that you would want on your squad. I guarantee you all three of us would want this guy playing for our teams. See, the, yeah, and even the, the notes I wrote down before I could remember his name, uh, good stroke, good size, plays hard on both ends. That's about as good a compliment. You could probably needs a rebound. Being as big as he is, probably needs a rebound a little bit better. But, my God, he is he, – he could step in a college team right now and contribute some way just by how physically fit he's ready. Oh, he'd be uh, every bit of 12 points at least a game. Yeah, and every yeah. crystal ball has got him 100% right now to St. John. So if he stays in the city, then that's a great pickup for them. Who else is in the loop on him, Peyton? Oh, not. All I've seen was just 100% St. John. So I'd imagine he's probably – that's a number three junior, um, excuse me, in the in the nation right now. Good player. He was so impressive that when LeBron first got there, that's who he was watching. That's who he was, he was watching. watching and I, even one point it was like, wow. Wow. So, I mean, if you get LeBron going, you know, 
kind of in awe of you. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. He's definitely one of the better players we've seen all day. Yo, for sure. He'd top be three. my top three. Yeah. Top two. Jo- top jo- two. Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga. That's definitely a name to keep an eye on, too. Yep. Um, his teammate we mentioned, Ethan Morton, uh, just signed to Purdue. Um, we know, again, this is a small sample size. We know he's a pretty good shooter and all this other stuff, but you know what? He must have just had a bad game against Vegas Elite because his shots weren't falling. He wasn't, like, engaged. He was one of the few players that wasn't engaged. To the point his coach actually yelled at him. Uh, he tried to hide in the corner, be slick one time at the late in the game, and it failed, and he just kind of pouted. I felt like he pouted. If it wasn't for somebody's uncle or granddad over there going, hey, in the corner, he would have got away with it. Yeah. He would have got away with it. But, it, like you said, he just he showed no – when you're not contributing the way you normally do, you need to find other ways to do it, either defensively, hyping your teammates up, which he did at the beginning of the game. You know, oh boy was busting threes. He was high-fiving and pumping everybody up. And then as it went on, he got more frustrated with his shot. You could just see a shoulder slouch, you know, and then, and then obviously Josh mentioned the coach yelling at him. He just kind of got, got to the pout mode. And that is not what Matt Painter is going to put up with. Oh, hell oh, no. Hell no. You cannot. If you're not tough-minded, especially on the defensive end, you can't play for Matt Painter at Purdue. No, he's mm-hmm. going to take that train and run your ass right in the locker room, buddy. Yep. So, uh, that's something. He, and, again, this is small, small snapshots. We get it. But if he's going to be kind of a powder, he's picked the wrong school to go to. Quote, quote J.R.O., I wasn't impressed. Yeah, and that's uh, coming from either. a lifelong diehard Purdue fan, so – I'm the Vegas Elite, I took one note down. Did not get his name. Number 22 from Vegas Elite. Grown man body. He was another one of the physical specimen. Very athletic. College ready. Yeah, for sure. College ready. Um, So hopefully we can get a name on him somewhere down the road. We kind of bounced around again. Um, Watch each one teach one. Zaire Wade-led team. If you're asking, yes, that is Dwayne Wade's son. And yes, this kid can play. Uh, mm-hmm. Zaire is a baller. He's different than his dad. His dad was obviously more attack-minded, get to the rim. Zaire runs the show. And what we all kind of tuck us aback is just how calm he is. They were up in him. They were doing their best to get up in his junk there. And he was calm, turned the corner, get to the rim, and always found the right man wide open. He looked to pass before he looked to score, and every time found the wide open guy. This was when when, Zaire, when he had the ball, when Wade had the ball, his teammates did more hands ready, foot ready to step into the shot with, you know, if their lead foot back and ready to step into the jump shot more than I've seen anybody all day because they knew that he was going to give him the ball in the right position, either attacking off the screen and roll or attacking a one-on-one situation. These, his teammates knew that Wade was going to kick it out. Or they were going. He was going to find him in the right position, and you know that's that's an attribute to like how well the his teammates trust in him. Because when we were watching these other games, the kids when the guy had the ball, the other kids were moving around a little bit. They kind of didn't know what to go. But when Wade had the ball, and they were in attacking positions, or he was in attacking position, they knew exactly what was going to happen. It was going to be a kick out, and they're going to get a good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lefty. I mean, he's smooth. Uh, we looked. You know, he's a kid that's obviously will get. He's getting college looks. Uh, looks like he's got DePaul and a couple DePaul, of Rhode Island. Rhode Island. You know, as he continues to grow and get physically fit, I'd imagine some bigger schools look at him. But if not, dude, he's gonna make a hell. He's not gonna be like Dwayne. No, now, he might surprise me again. It gets a little bit more physically mature and stuff. And even Dwayne stayed, what, three, four years at Marquette. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but he's he's not going to be like these kids like one and done. I don't think unless he really wants to be. But I think he could be two, three year player that could be really good at a place like DePaul. I mean, he could be a really, really good player back in DePaul. Uh, he's a good player that he I, he definitely I became a fan. All right. Oh yeah, just just his his vision, like you said, his composure, everything about this kid is is what we like to see in a basketball player. Yeah, his demeanor never got rattled. It, he never got bothered by anything. No, you you couldn't tell if someone was trying to fight him or if he was just waiting in line to pick up cheeseburger. Yeah. I mean, he was just <laughs> just calm, cool, and collected the entire night. Yeah, he um, definitely a big fan of Zaire Wade now. Um, they had a number twenty two from each one to each one. We wrote down stretch forward, solid all-around game, good body frame. Again, we don't know your name yet, um, but keep an eye on him if you watch the each one teach one in the U16 category. Good little player himself. Um, kind of moving down. Oh, we this is where everything got interesting. Everybody, we were fortunate enough to get there early, so we got bleacher spots. Literally <laughs> shut down two courts. <laughs> you had the court. The biggest, and they even said, um, the D1 circuit tweeted out, the biggest crowd they've had so far in the, the Nike EYBL circuit was for the game between uh, Bates Fundamentals versus SFG, Strive for Greatness. Strive, Strive for, for Greatness, greatness. is, this is the game that had LeBron James there. His son, Bronny, played. They have also four-star guard Sky Clark, four-star guard Dior Johnson, and... Bates, I might have kind of lost train of thought there. Bates Fundamentals is led by the number one freshman in the nation, Imani Bates from Ypsilanti, Michigan. And fellas, before we get anything gameplay wise, just pregame, watching these kids dunk and warm ups and that the buzz around the crowd and like we stood up on the bleachers the whole game behind the backboard. Knowing Evan Daniels is right below us, knowing LeBron's in the corner, knowing Dude, it felt like a big damn deal. Jermaine O'Neal was standing right behind us. They had the bleachers facing the opposite court. People were sitting on it. They said, hey, guys, get up, move. We need to turn this around so we can face the court. They get up and turn it, and it's just like a flies on shit, boys, and we were on that shit. We climbed up on the bleachers. We got us our spot, and we did not move other than Peyton. We had to fight some people off time to take a spot. You're welcome, You're welcome by the way. All right, thanks. But, uh... You know, we, we were there, we were in the zone, we got good shots. We actually got a glimpse on the Bleacher Report video that's got up to 50,000 views now. So you can see Josh and Peyton hiding up there. I think I was leaning down talking to J.R. at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, it's, this was hyped. This this is like when you see these uh, highlight videos with all the people surrounding the court hooting hollering, that was, that was the moment. That's what it was. We were in it. It was a surreal moment. It was a pretty awesome thing to be in. Very, very, very cool experience. Um, and so let's get into the game. Peyton, do you have anything to add to that before? Like just Crazy. the atmosphere of it? Yeah, you mentioned you see all the stuff on YouTube, like Julian Newman versus Lamella Ball. Everybody's standing up. Everybody's going crazy. The fans are cheering, all that stuff. And to see that and to actually be a part of, <clears throat> excuse me, actually to be a part of it is just mind-blowing. Every, but mostly 90% of the people in that room was standing up watching this game. They legit shut down two courts, one behind us and one to the right of us. Yeah, because we were in the very far corner there, and I think it was a strategic put there so LeBron could hit the door in and out. But uh, before that, we stepped outside to try and record. <laughs> yeah. and, and four Debo's... Uh, Frank, uh, or what's his name? Uh, Tank Williams' son was out there. All these these huge security guards said, "Hey guys, we got we got to clear the area." 
I'm like, okay, why? Yeah. We just got to yeah. clear the area. And we're walking back into the facility, and you see four big black Suburbans. It looks like Donald Trump's about to pull in there and make it great again, boys. But it was LeBron James. We walk in, and then right after that, you see LeBron coming in. And it was it was something to be seen, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Hate, love him or hate him. I hate him. I got to put him up there, though. But it was just surreal seeing this guy come in, supporting his son, and all that stuff. It was it was cool to see. Dude, like, yeah, it was surreal to see. Like, he was literally right there in front of us. Like, he walked right past us. You can see everything. You can see his face. You can got, see a his... Lot, got a lot of gray in that beard for a 34-year-old yeah, man. Yeah, him and his weird beard. You know, it's crazy that LeBron James was there, and he walked literally right past us. That's just crazy. So getting into the game, I mean, LeBron's absolutely massive. It was cool. Love him or hate him. It was very cool to be that close to him. Um, and it was cool, too, during the game. He was hyped. Like, he was into it. Uh, so getting into the game. First of all, Bronny, um, LeBron James Jr., class of 2023, uh, one of the top-ranked kids in the class of 2023. I think they've got him number one right now or number two or something. Whatever. Two, top three. Okay. Good player. You know, he's, what, 6'3", maybe? Yeah, 6'3", something like that. Around there. He's obviously not his dad. You can't be. But he's his own player. He's a good player. Uh, He kind of runs the show. He's got good size, you know, like I said, about 6'3", 6'0", whatever. Good size as far as a physical stature. Um, Athletic kid, no surprise there, but he's a different player. Uh, He he definitely looks to set his teammates up. Got he's dude. He's got. I think he's got a better jump shot than his dad. His uh, form is pretty. Right he's, got, he's got a beautiful form. His 100%. form, his form's pretty. Uh, gets the rim, like set his teammates up, and he's really, you know, how should I put? It? He ended up with like twelve points. He's not, and maybe it's because he's so young. He's not in that kill mode yet. He hasn't learned. I don't think to take over a game. I think he's more passive-aggressive, letting his other teammates. But he does have some help around him. I mean, that the SFG team's good. Sky Clark's a four-star kid. Dior Johnson, four-star kid. Both of them play at Finley Prep in uh, Las Vegas and uh, Nevada. Both of them's got college looks from the likes of, you know, I think, God, who is it? Some Teams out in the West. Yeah. I haven't had to look at it, but they're four-star <laughs> kids. One of the kids that impressed me the most, though, uh, on this SFG team – Number four, a big white kid. Dude, he did all the trash work. He starts over that monster that you guys see that, like, he's bigger than LeBron James. Yeah. He starts in, in front of this guy. Whenever he would rebound the, off the glass and keep the ball high and go back up with it, you know, he was another guy that showed that down low play is still alive. He he done a tremendous job getting himself. He he let he let Bronny and Sky Clark, Dior Johnson take shots. And he would just put himself in position. If they missed, he would just go to work, get the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. And he ended up with a double-double. Good player. The SFG team's good. Uh, we, we talked about I mean, I feel like we haven't talked enough about Bronny because that's who everybody was there to see. And LeBron was there and all that. Bronny is a good player. Like, he's got a good shot for him. I just think when he <laughs> matures and grows into it a little bit more, I'd like to see him be more aggressive, especially down the stretch. Well, it took his dad to a second year in Cle- or second stint in Cleveland to become a, a closer, so it, <laughs> it takes a while. Yeah. And and Bronny, like you said, he's his own type of player. I think he's going to be a facilitator. He's going to be a, a very good young man, starting point guard for anywhere that he goes. But he's, he's got to, a lot of opportunities to, to grow and learn from the best in the world. Yeah. Um, 
And in the team they were playing, this kid had me excited. Bates fundamentals, Imani Bates. You would cons- I people say it was like baby KD, and I think that's a that's really a good comparison. Imani Bates is what he's six eight, two hundred pounds as a freshman. Small forward, the number one player as a freshman, uh, like I said, from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Crystal Balls right now having 50-50 between Michigan State and Kentucky. But this kid dropped 43 points. 43 points. His team lost, but he had, like, no help, essentially. He, Monty Bates, long, athletic. Um, early on, I thought he tended to settle for the three, but, boy, he got it going. Plays both ends of the floor. He blocked, what, three or four shots. At the rim, one of them. Oh, he, yeah, contested it right he, there. He just used his length right in front of us. Blocked, blocked it. Smooth, smooth jumper. Uh, can hit everywhere on the floor. Attacks the rim. Um, the only negative I've seen, and this will come with maturity again, <clears throat> he needs to gain about 25 pounds of muscle. Before he get, makes that jump to the college level, he needs to obviously put some muscle on yeah. uh, so he can take a beating. But there's a reason. And then they even said, you read some articles, they talk about Imani, that he might be the best freshman prospect since LeBron. That's what Evan Daniels said. Yeah, he might be the best freshman prospect since LeBron. That's a lot of weight to add to the kid. But even at halftime of the game, instead of drinking water, drinking Gatorade, whatever, sitting down catching a breath, him and I don't know if it's his dad, whoever a coach was, without shooting free throws. Yeah. The, the kid, you know, you're talking about being the best prospect since LeBron and what he did in front of LeBron. Yeah. yeah. You did it in front of the guy. You did it in front of the man, you know. Yeah. And then being compared to, to Kevin Durant, wow. I mean, you just you got you got two of the biggest comparisons that you could have in living day, modern players. And he went out there forty three points. He did everything. Once that ball started going through the net, it just seemed like that rim got bigger and bigger for him. He was hitting contested threes, hitting contested pull ups, finishing at the rim. Everything that we wanted to see. And I said top two players. He was the, he was one of the two right there. Big. Hands down, bar none. All three of us walked away big, big fans of him. Oh, yeah. Dear God. Dude, he, I mean, that was right in front of us. He was just busting on kids. I mean, as a high school kid, and especially he's a freshman. Could you imagine what a senior, a senior Imani Bates would look like and a freshman in college Imani Bates? Oh, he's gonna reclassify. He's gonna be a junior. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> if you guys remember, he started out the game on Bronny. Yeah, oh, he, he tucked the. Ch- that's what I said in the notes. He, he defends. He, he does not back away. Yeah, he and, and Bronny was kind of like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm gonna give the ball away and let my let my boys do the do what they got to do. But yeah, yeah, Brooks was Brooks stepped out and he accepted every challenge offensively and def- defensively that came his way. So Amani Bates, the number one freshman, he, you'll hear a lot of him over in the coming years. But you ever get a chance, he, if Bates Fundamentals or Imani Bates is playing in any kind of all-star game around you, go check him out. He's got all the high majors we mentioned. Uh, Michigan State and that's, Kentucky that's are 50-50 crystal balls for him right now. Um, I think this thing, by the time he's a senior, is going to go down the wire. You'll have Michigan State trying to keep him in state. Kentucky will try to obviously get him. You'll see the Duke, Kansas, North Carolina's all get in. Imani Bates is a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. Absolute superstar in the making. Um, other other superstars. Let's go ahead and get into it. Tyler, see, Tyler ended up passing the leave. Tyler's now got like family life, all that, so he couldn't make the whole day. But we were able to later in the evening catch up Phenom U and this you talk this is the most loaded AAU team I've ever seen. 
<laughs> the number one player in the class of 2021, Patrick Baldwin Jr. You have four-star Jamin Brakefield, who's looking at Kentucky, Louisville, Ole Miss, Ole Miss places like that. You've got four-star Reese Beekman, who I've got a story on him. I'm looking at Virginia LSU. You've got five-star Jalen Johnson, who we just talked about last week, who's down between Arizona, Wisconsin, Kentucky, and Duke of this year. The most loaded AAU team I've seen. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, The number one player in the class, 2021, Patrick Baldwin Jr., has the – here's my notes exactly. Has the look of a superstar. Very nice pull-up. Will post up smaller or similar size defenders and finish over them. Good looking jump shot. Runs floor well and with good pace. Always seemingly under control. He's what, like 6'8, 6'9. Beautiful stroke. Attacks the rim. Under, it like, he's so passive aggressive too at times. He's like, early on, he's like getting his teammates involved. Then he sat down for four or five minutes. Then he comes back in and it was game one. Takes he, over. Takes over. Um, the crystal ball's got him going to Duke, and he looks like a typical Duke player. I oh, mean, a yeah. big kid that can stretch the floor, defend, smart and intelligent, shoots the ball well. He's from Wisconsin. Uh, th- this kid is another. We just raved on Imani Bates. Patrick Baldwin Jr., probably the best player I've seen all day. He's by far my favorite player that I've watched, and definitely, in my opinion, the best player we've seen all day. Yeah, I, he, he put a show on. Just and it made it look so easy. He had like twenty seven points, something like that. Seventeen U. Yeah, yeah, seventeen U. Yeah. yeah, if you if you look at this kid too, and he looks like um, for all the old school people, <laughs> to dead ser- dead serious in the face, he looks like um, a young Sam Bowie played at Kentucky back in the day, just right in the face. And um, but Patrick Baldwin Jr. Keep an eye on him. He'll probably end up at Duke, but oh, the yeah. number one player in the class of twenty twenty one. He is a handful. Mm-hmm. Teammates, Jamin Brakefield, uh, four-star. We mentioned lefty, decent stroke, decent size. Looking at Kentucky, Ole Miss, Louisville. Um, and Alabama is in there, but I think it's coming down between Louisville and Kentucky. Kid plays at Huntington Prep, uh, class of 2020. I don't know. Um, Jerry Meyer, who's a big-time recruiting guy, has got 100% to Kentucky, crystal ball. You know, I was, I was kind of disappointed, though, in Brakefield. Um, I think he's got good talent, but when we watch him, it's kind of maybe the same with Ethan, Ethan Morton from Purdue. I don't think he played his best until, like, second half he kind of turned it on. But he's decent stroke, decent size, like I said, lefty. But I'd like to see more out of him. But if Kentucky and Louisville's in on him, then I trust their judgment. Yeah, when you're playing behind a kid and, and Baldwin Jr., it's kind of it's kind of wishy-wash what you're going to get because you, it's kind of like just roll the ball out and see who wants to get it first. <laughs> Man. I wrote down this for Jamin Blakeford that he has a pretty good mid-range game but can also stretch it out and hit some threes if he needs to. He can defend if he needs to as well and also has good vision. He runs the floor pretty damn well. Yeah, he does run. I forgot about that. He does run the floor well. Um, that, that whole phenom you plays so well off the ball together. They're, this leads me into Reese Beekman. Here's my story. Four-star guard, you know, small guard. I've got notes on him. Quick guard, runs offense hard, doesn't mind being patient with the ball to find open man, hits roll man on the screen nicely, works well off the ball, sprints in transition. Basically everything you want out of a point guard. Um, I say small guard. He's like 6'1", something. He's not real big. Reese Beekman, the only reason we know his name is his grandmother was sitting down next to us, and J.R. Rowe got to talking to her, and she was super nice, told us who he was. 
And she kind of scooped us. Um, if you look online, it says he's like such and such to LSU, such and such to Virginia. She said he's probably going to Virginia. So if he if that's the case, then um, you know Virginia be getting a great point guard, uh, kid to defend, sets up people well. Definitely want to see more of his jump shot. Um, but Reese Beekman and I said so we you follow him on Twitter, you follow us back. So I told him Reese Beekman, shout out to you. You became one of my favorite players of the day. Um, kind of a do-it-all guard, 6'2". 6'2". He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so it, if he leaves Ellis, I mean, LSU is literally right in his backyard. Well, so, the crystal ball prediction says 67% Marquette, 33 Virginia. Well, see, that's the thing. His grandma said it was either LSU or... I didn't see LSU. Well, she, that's what she said is LSU and Virginia, and... Let's see where it says on there. LSU, cool. cool. But she said mm. LSU, Virginia, and she tipped us off Virginia is where she thinks he's pretty much going. Listen, we even go after your grandma to get the inside scoop, boys. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Reese Beekman, though, if, hopefully you'll listen to this. And uh, shout out, dude. If you go to Virginia or wherever you go, we'll be following you. And it, he's a good player. He really is. He's a typical point guard who you want that I think will probably end up staying four years at a place like Virginia get great coaching or wherever he goes, and be a great team player. Going to play hard both ends. Big fan of Reese Beekman after seeing him this week. If he goes to Virginia, he better defend. Yeah, he's going to have to. But he did. I thought he did. He really did. He definitely did. But he's going to have to defend at a high, high level. The thing at that level that surprised me, too, for a guy like Beekman at a point guard, and I even wrote it down, um, he doesn't mind being patient. So he would pass the ball, reverse it. He wasn't in a big hurry. Would move off the ball, got some trash points himself. Good player, man. I just want to see more of his jumper. So, uh, shout out Reese Beekman and uh, your grandma for being so nice to us. Yeah. So, that uh, Southern hospitality coming out. So, um, and then other player, Jalen Johnson, we mentioned five star kid that's going to be making his decision this year. Yeah. Um, this summer, sometime playing college ball. He'll be playing college ball next year down in Arizona, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Duke. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to say Kentucky because this is he's another – you paired him with Patrick Baldwin. This kid, I wrote down, very good player. Plays hard on both ends of the floor. Can attack rim well, shoot the mid-range. Doesn't mind posting up if need be. Keeps working off the ball until he gets open or in position to get an offensive rebound. Unselfish. Dude, he was if, – if Patrick Baldwin went on that team, he'd be the best player hands down on that floor. 100%, yeah. Um, Crystal Ball, I know, has got 75% Duke, 25% Wisconsin. I actually think Wisconsin leads. I think there's a thing about him staying in state. I'd like to see the Cats getting Kentucky, that is, not Arizona. I don't know. It probably will be Wisconsin or Duke. Coming I think Arizona ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever gets him, though, is getting a damn good player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this kid, I wish you could have been there to see this phenom you. Dude, this Jalen Johnson is fantastic. Long, linky. He's a what you would want out of a wing player. Um, can go both ways on offense, defense, unselfish, good, good player. Keep an eye on him, and he's a kid that actually will be in college next year, so we'll get to see a lot of him. You said a lot of good factors of, you know, words of this team, unselfish, under control, plays hard. And this is, you know, we talk about the, the circus of AAU. This is another example of a team that I didn't get to watch, but these two came to show out and keep, keep falling around after I had to leave that, Goes to show that when it's time to play, it's time to play, and these kids are another another example of it. Yeah, you can tell this phenom you is well coached too, because all these kids we've mentioned they they play under control, they play together, they 
Dude, good stuff. Not your typical run and gun. Yeah. So, for you guys, the top two or three players, you've kind of already alluded to it, but you've seen all day. And, and keep in mind, we've missed a lot. There's so many games. We missed Jalen Green playing. We missed Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham, is con- who's 100% in the crystal ball to Kentucky. Dropped like 30 points a game out of this week in Indy. Yeah. Um, we missed so many good players, man. And it, we tried. We really, we really did try. Oh, it was hard. But there's so many courts. There's <laughs> like nine courts. Uh, seeing some good games. So many five stars. So we did our best. Um, but these are kind of the ones that we did get a chance to really spend some time with. So the ones that stood out to me the most. I would go Patrick Baldwin. I would go Amani Bates. I would go Jonathan Kaminga, Reese Beekman, Jalen Johnson, and JT Thor. Those are probably my six that I really, quote-unquote, fell in love with this week. Uh, I'll go Baldwin, Imani Bates, JT Thor, because I was really impressed with him. Zaire Wade, because I was I liked his game. Dude, I, I thought he played well. Play, yeah. And man, I don't know about the fifth one. Probably I was actually pretty impressed with um, Jamin Breakford. I thought he played well for being on that stat, the stack team with uh, Baldwin, Jalen Johnson, Reese Beekman, all of them. I thought he played well. He had like eighteen points, something like that. So those are probably my top five. I think that's five. Those are probably my top five players that. I enjoyed watching. I thought played really well this weekend. Tyler, I know, you, I know you didn't get to see like the second half of the afternoon, but the players you did get to see, who was kind of your favorite ones? Cameron Tom- Thomas. The reason I, I love to hate him because I don't like, you know, volume shooters that much, but this kid made me a fan. Cameron Thomas was one. Imani Bates, this kid, like we mentioned, and, and all three of us agreed, he is a walking bucket. And he plays defense. He does all this stuff. Everything that you want. But to me, from the the part that I got to see, as far as readiness, as far as a player, everything, it's uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga was the guy, to me, that looked like, from what I got to see, Josh and Peyton got to see more. But from what I got to see, as far as, you know, the size, the strength, the ability to shoot, Mid-range, three, finish at the rim. It's it's Kaminga, hands down for me. He was an absolute man-child. Oh, and, and that was that was another thing is like, you like you said, it looks like he was sculpted from from rock, man. He was just chiseled. He was he was ready. He just looks ready to take that jersey off and put on a blue collar, a blue blood jersey, and looks like he's been there for two years already. He legitimately, I'm not exaggerating. He could. Step on the floor this this upcoming season for St. John's and contribute by the end of the year. Every bit. I mean, he was a, he was a man. A good shot. Like wherever he goes, if he goes to St. John's, stay in the city, then they're getting one hell of a ball player. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. So so we've seen a lot of good talent. That was super fun. Uh, this is something that we will continue to hopefully do as time goes on and eventually get our media passes. Uh, we, we, like Tyler mentioned earlier in the program, we networked a lot, and uh, it, we'll definitely have more of this. This is fun. I got to see a lot of good people, so that was fun. Before we take a pause for the cause, 
Tyler, I know, I mean, Jr. Rowe was there side by side with us. Go ahead and give some love to our, our sponsor and friend, Jr. Rowe and Applied Right Painting Service. Yeah, not only is a sponsor, he, he's there with us. He, he went on the road. He went out there and checked us out uh, from his busy schedule that he told us he has with Applied Right Painting Services. Everything that you need, residential, commercial, and he keeps going out there and getting these jobs, bidding on them, winning the bids. Everything that you want as far as painting services is JRO at Applied Right Painting Services. We appreciate your support. It was a pleasant surprise that you came out and, uh, and went out with us. You know, we watched some games. You went out to lunch with us. You're, you're not just a, a corporate guy. You're, you're a down-to-earth guy. You did everything that, that and more that we'd expect of you as far as wanting to be a sponsor and everything. So we appreciate everything you do. So... If you guys have anything that you need as far as painting services, go to JRO at Applied Right Painting Services. And when you help him out, you help us out. We get a 5% kickback on every job that he takes that you guys recommend. So go ahead and keep putting the name out there for us. Yeah, and not only that, but he was out handing business cards out and everything. Bro, he was handing business cards out to everybody. He was going to hand out one to Juwan Howard. He was going to give one to Juwan Howard. He's right behind him. He went up to him. But. I think he should have took that Purdue hoodie off if he was going to go up to Juwan Howard. <laughs> so he did talk to him, and Juwan wasn't making him busy trying to watch his son. Talking about his son, yeah. But with that, we will take one final pause for the cause, and on the other side, we'll start to wrap this thing up. Episode number 23 of Everything College Basketball rolls on after this. Bye-bye. What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes, and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at EPW Show. And we have a podcast, and the podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And remember, everything pro wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. Now let's get back to talking some college hoops. And as we start to close down another uh, tremendously uh, exciting, hopefully, and informative episode of Everything College Basketball, you know, just kind of reflecting one last time, that that Nike hoops, uh, our Nike EYBL circuit is nuts. Yeah, I know here in two weeks they'll do their final session down in Dallas, Texas, before they head on to the real play for the Nike Peach Jam mm-hmm. down in July in Georgia. Man, I was just so impressed, not only with the talent, we knew talent, but I was so impressed with the facility, the Pacers facility that they had, and I was impressed with just how hard the kids played. You hear it all the time, oh, well, they don't try, or they only want their stats, or uh, uh, uh. These kids got after it, and I'm so happy to see it. It's refreshing, and, you know, a lot of people could take notes. You know, some of these... You know, you always hear the deal, AAU ball is killing, killing basketball or killing players because that's all they want to do. Well, if they play at this high of a level and they play and compete like that, I can know a lot of high school teams, where they're supposed to be the fundamental ones, could take note of these kids with how hard they play. Yeah, the, the tenaciousness, the, the grit, the, 
you've seen you've seen offensive plays. If the the AAU that you guys are talking about that no, that's killing the game, they're just not this level. And it's just some parents want to get out there and have fun, which is fine. But you're not teaching them or to push them at the level that these kids are getting pushed. Everybody's everybody's kids the next LeBron James or Michael Jordan until they're not. Yeah. But which <laughs> happens to ninety nine point nine percent of the kids. So you know, coddling these kids and, and making it seem like, well, you, you got to shoot, you got to you, you shoot, 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 or score, score, score is not the way that it needs to go. And the way it needs to go is the way that these teams played at the Nike EYLB or whatever analogy number letter that shit is. <laughs> but <laughs> this, these these kids were out here; they were playing fundamental basketball. They were athletic, hands down, bar none. Some of the most athletic kids I've seen at 15 years old in my entire life. But they did it the right way. They got down and played played in the trenches on defense. They were hustling on on getting the glass. It, this was this was a, the way AAU was supposed to be played. It's the summer preparation for the regular season, and these kids just they came out and competed against the best in the country, and it was it was an awesome thing to see. Peyton, it looked like small college teams playing with the size of some of these teams. Every team had at least one, a couple five stars or a couple four stars on their team. Besides maybe two. I don't think Indy, he had one. I think they only had three stars or something like that. No, Anthony Little plays for him. He's four. Probably going to go to IU from Bloomington South. He does? I think Anthony Little plays for him. Mm, I don't know. But anyways, mostly 90% of the teams had at least a couple five stars, a couple four stars. The talent in that building was unreal. We've already mentioned that. But I had so much fun being there. We stayed for mostly every game. We stayed to about like six or seven like that. And there's some still some games at like nine o'clock or whatever. But I had so much fun and hopefully next year, I think they'll be doing it again next year, coming back to Indy and hopefully we'll have media passes. We'll do it on time this time. And uh, hopefully we get some interviews next year. But this year for EYBL up in Indy, I had so much fun, seeing a lot of great talent, talked to some Pretty great people, honestly. Yeah. Gave out some business cards ourselves, and it was nice to have Gerald Rowe, our sponsor, there with us to hang out with us and experience it with us. I had a hell of a time, and I cannot wait to do it next year. Yeah, um, it was nice to network, nice to see a bunch of talent, and this is only the beginning. We will, you know, if it's not the Nike circuit, we've got maybe like the Adidas coming to town, and we've got like other ones. We'll do this, and this is the thing to keep in mind since we are college basketball. These are the future stars of college basketball, whether it be next year or the year after or three years from now. These are the kids that you'll be seeing on your TV screens come March Madness that we're covering now for you and trying to get in with. And that's why these events are important, and they do tie into the collegiate game. So, um, kind of closing that chapter. Next week, we'll be back on Sunday. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, as I heard a wise woman once say. Hey, hey. Um, we'll be back next week as a regular, regular scheduled time for episode 24. And, fellas, we are covering the winner of the first poll for the second edition of the Summer Series. The old Big East, the old power known as the Big East, spanning from 1979 in its inception to basically when everything started splitting off in 2012. Decades worth of legendary coaches, legendary programs, legendary feuds, um, teams. You, You talk about, we'll be discussing Hoya Paranoia back in the 80s. We've got the Syracuse 
you know, Syracuse teams under Bayheim. You've got UConn with uh, Jim Calhoun. You've got all this legendary stuff. You know, we mentioned St. John's. You've got uh, Luke Arnaseca. I just said Georgetown. Hoya Paranoia. Oh, yeah. I knew it. Seton Hall, and they're running 89 all the way to the title game. So, we've got a lot to cover. So, next week, we will be covering uh, the Old Big East. You guys uh, excited for that? Hell yeah, I'm yes, excited sir. for that. Yes, sir. Last from the past. I voted for that one. I'm super excited. The that's first a, super conference in basketball. That's my favorite conference. I've always thought I'd gotten notes down for that. So I'm super excited for next week's show, and I cannot wait. And as as we did with this one, sometime later this week, this weekend, we will have the poll up for the next option you can choose for the next show after that. We're wrapping up episode number 23. It's been a great one. About time to get out of here. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. My name is Peyton Burton. Tyler Cook as well. And we will catch you next week with another edition of Everything College Basketball, the Big East edition. See you then. Boom! Boom.